Welcome everyone to the Sunday Recap. We're so glad you have joined us today on this episode of the Sunday Recap. <laughs> Everybody's dancing and laughing in here. Uh, guys, welcome. How's it going? Doing good, man. Yeah? But none of us were dancing. I don't know what you're talking oh, about. She was. It was just the, the, I'm just kidding. No, okay. Ariel was, was dancing. I was laughing at Guys, that was, that, was my, <laughs> that didn't go as well as I planned. I was trying to make it be like Chris was just trying to make like we're excited. But we are excited. Yeah, I yeah. was trying to act like we weren't, and he was just trying to pump us up. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Mitch. <laughs> He's the hype man, you know? Yeah. Well, we need to set the setting today. I'm in. My, I see. I'm in a new posture today that I'm excited yeah. about. So. We we gave Mitch the kid chair because Derek's with us. The Derek's preacher here. man. Yes. The preacher man, father of many. <laughs> father Derek. That's a good multiple meanings. I like it. <laughs> if that sticks, I'm murdering yeah. you. So, so, fa- so Father Derek's with us. So, so I get the cool seat where yep. I get to just kind of lean back, yeah. lounge, sip some The, the fourth chair that was in here is about two inches shorter <laughs> than every other chair that's in here. And so Mitch is like, what's happening this right is, now? <laughs> I know. I went to sit down and I almost fell. But we're excited. Yeah. Father Derek's with us today. <laughs> Welcome in, man. Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk through the third installment of the main news series that Derek preached this last Sunday. Uh, but first, we're going to get to some uh, announcements. And what we're going to talk about today actually is our upcoming spring schedule. Um, super excited about all the stuff that's coming up. Uh, there's actually, again, a lot of offerings yep. for uh, for you to jump into this spring. So we're going to be doing the Story of Scripture classes coming back, Basic Apologetics is coming back, Exodus is being taught again. So if you miss that fall semester, that's another gotcha. option to jump in uh, this semester. There's also women's ministry, which is they're going to be going through Nehemiah, right? Uh, mm-hmm. They've got – there's also uh, Mom's Crossing that's going on and – our Stones Crossing men's ministry doing a uh, study called Lead on uh, being the uh, being a spiritual leader uh, and what that means and what that all looks like. Plus, there's the biblical counseling training, and all of that. Oh my goodness, is launching in just a few weeks. February. Uh, yeah. Dude, great memory. It, well, well this he's is my job. Over all <laughs> yeah, of that. That's true. So if he doesn't know, we've got a problem. Yeah, yeah bad memory. <laughs> Good work. Uh, but yeah, it, so you you'll you should be able to go online to stonescrossing.com um, and go to either discipleship, men, women, and you you can register for all of those things. Uh, a lot of them are going to be on Wednesdays, so Wednesday mornings, Wednesday nights, all of those things are going to be happening there. But then uh, there's a few of these things like biblical counseling training and the basic apologetics class that are happening on a Sunday morning. We're bringing some classes back on Sunday morning this semester. So be on the lookout for all those. Sign up for something. Get involved this semester. We want to see you there. Derek, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Welcome Just watching in. you guys interact is hysterical. <laughs> we have a great time in here. It is. It is a family. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's a family. It's like a sub family. And I guess I'm the father. Since <laughs> yeah. You are the father. <laughs> the distant father who, who shows up every once in a while. <laughs> Bro, come to on. deliver his life lessons and. <laughs> yeah. I like to think of us mm-hmm. as the Harry Potter trio. Ah, there you go. Really? But I don't know. I mean, I get, I claim Hermione, but I don't well, know which I, one is which think, on the yeah, guys. I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't make me Harry, and I don't know if I'm Ron. So <laughs> we both have glasses. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't work. 
I'm Snape. We can pair stars. <laughs> <laughs> this last week, we uh, finished up the main new series. Uh, Derek preached uh, the third installment of this, where we wa- walked through 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 20 and 21 in particular. And this part of the passage has so much... Um, so much to unpack. Yes. It's, it's like it's like he's sort of like building and building and building to this this passage in some ways, and so um, it kind of becomes I don't know. It, 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 it's it, like there's the teapot that's been like slowly heating up, yeah. and then all of a sudden, yeah, man, it's it, there's a lot to unpack, and um, you did a great job with it. You you, you know. You didn't do the typical three-point sermon. You had a five-point sermon, first <laughs> of all. Uh, that's the it. alliteration was strong. <laughs> it, it, it was strong with this one. Yeah, Five Tell, or six points? Five. Five, five points, okay. Five. Yeah. But that's the Apostle Paul's fault, in my opinion. Yeah, right. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so give us, just really quick, uh, you told me yesterday, uh, you, were, you gave a shout-out to everybody who was Loving the alliteration, not loving the alliteration. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I just, I've had conversations with people, and some people absolutely love when pastors have the alliterative points and stuff. Yeah. They say it helps them to remember and stuff. And uh, But there's some people who have vocalized with me, they're like, it so irks me <laughs> when it's all C's or all R's and S's, just like pick other words. I'm like, but the, the source is our friend, man. Yeah, that's good. I think it's helpful. I'm not good at it, but it's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like I'm like, okay, so we could do like points that are all questions, but most yeah, of all the questions are W's. So then you're back into alliteration. So then you're host. <laughs> that's a, that's good. That's a good line. I like that. Which part that you're hose? The questions, yeah. Oh. <laughs> that's my new that's my new rule, man. I'm doing alliteration. I'm just starting with questions. Yeah. They all begin with what? Well, actually, you, you are did the that, pastor of you questions. You did that uh, yes. two sermons ago. You, you did all, all questions. I have, all, right? I have done two questions. I have only done questions the last three or four. Yep. Okay, yeah. Yep. So, yeah. 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 Well, it's good. good. Well, um I what I want to do today, I would I, I don't think we have time to like walk through all of the different points, but I would love to get into the passage. And then um, kind of just tease out some of the bigger concepts that, that you were unpacking. Sure. Does that sound good? Yeah, man. That? Um, would one of you guys be up for reading the passage? I'll do it. Yeah. I'll do yes. it. I got my seat over here. We were joking because it's like Ariel does it every time. I and, feel like a and it's like, narrator. Yeah. I'm like, well, <clears throat> and it's great. She does a great job every time. But we also don't want it just to be her job to be the one the that reader. does. Just a better reading voice. I'm the line leader in class. You know what I mean? I like, bet you were. <laughs> I really <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I believe that. Okay, Second Corinthians <laughs> chapter and we're moving on. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse sixteen. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. We regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Awesome. Thank you. Okay, so let's just start with this idea of ambassador. 
I want, I want to start there because the, the passage, verse 20, starts out with this idea, we are ambassadors for Christ. You unpack this idea of what an ambassador is um, as being an authorized messenger yep. or representative. Correct. And so in this case, he's saying we are supposed to be an ambassador then for Christ. We represent him. Um, let's just take a minute and talk through what does that look like on a practical level? Like on a ground level, what does that look like for us to represent Christ in a in a in an everyday situation? WWJD, Ichthus, <laughs> Jesus is my homeboy T-shirts. <laughs> Just covering yourself with that. that it's absolutely what it is. Derek for for Derek and I, it's Christ Scripture representative tattoos. Yeah. That is. <laughs> no, I think I think a lot of it is. Um, in how we handle everyday situations and what is our mindset, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like when we're a representative of Christ and we're reminded of that, it puts a completely different mindset in whatever situation you're involved in. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I have a hard time listening. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just like to talk and share my share what I want to share and jump in and, and talk. And, you know, being a representative of Christ means – okay, it's not what I want to do, right, in the conversation. It's really how do I represent Christ in this conversation? Yeah. Listen better, (laughs) you know. Show the person that you care about them just on a very, you know, surface level type example for you. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I just think, I mean, your actions represent something that's different than you. So it's it's every encounter you have and reminding yourself. It's it's easier, you know, for me to understand this now that I'm – married than when I was single, because when I was single, I really was most of the time just representing myself. Mm-hmm. But now, um, you know, I even represent my family. So yeah, yeah. if I'm like at, you know, say we're at a restaurant and they give us the wrong order, I would never someone that would complain. But if I was single, I'd be more willing to be like vocal, loud, frustrated, because I don't have to worry about representing anybody but myself. <laughs> but then when I'm now that I like, you know, I'm with my wife, it's like, no, when I when I do an action, however I represent myself, it also is reflected on her. It does, She'll yeah. remind me. Yeah. And so I just think about that, you know, when I'm making really any conversation with somebody, just that I'm representing something that's greater than me. And especially, you know, if they know me, you know, and if they know you and, you know, they probably see some of your posts on social media if they're related to scripture and things that they're going to associate those things um, back with God. And so it's, you know, it's my role to make sure that um, not out of my own effort, but just that when I represent, you know, any conversation that they're seeing Christ as much as they're seeing, you know, me, if not more in those conversations. Yeah. It gives you a mission, doesn't it? It gives you like a a, big word, tell us. (laughs) It has, because we have a focus. And I I was just thinking like when I represent myself, I don't typically have like a, an underlying focus that I'm heading toward. I'm just living Mm -hmm. in the moment, you know, but if I'm representing Christ, I truly um, have something that I'm heading toward. And that is hopefully gathering others toward Christ as I'm heading in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives you that ministry of, 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 of reaching out. And, um, and I think that's what Paul's saying here with his, his mission of reconciliation for the believer. Um, I really love that last week we talked about the, the, the ministry of reconciliation and we were like trying to con- contrast, is it, you know, reconciling with other believers or other people? Yeah. Um, or is it, uh, the reconciliation of 
basically our justification. And I love that Derek, you like knitted both of those together. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was really, really helpful for us. I think to just think about how that informs how we, um, are reconciling with others in conflict. Well, part of it too is in order to really be a good ambassador, you have to, you have to look beyond yourself. Right. I mean, and that was, that was really your point. Like, like you have to look beyond yourself and your needs and how things are affecting you in order to properly represent the person that you are an ambassador for. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this case, representing Christ, um, let, let's say some, something, something bad happens to you, right? Someone hurts you. Let's, let's say that, 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 that someone hurts you. So then when that person hurts you, you have to look beyond the way that that um, that person hurt you to see what is going on mm-hmm. with this person that they that they acted this way toward me that there's a brokenness mm-hmm. that's happening within them that maybe needs to be addressed and maybe you're the person to address it mm-hmm. you know um, but to look beyond yourself in order to do that to represent Christ to them and that's hard to do yeah it I mean it's really difficult to do in our own fallen nature in our own fallen condition well and I mean just to drill it down to the very first point you can't represent someone you don't know right right yes. and so we really have get to, to that yeah. we have to dive into scripture we have to understand this person and the work of Jesus Christ and how you know how he lived and yeah. and what does that look like so that then when we're a representative of comes out in words actions thoughts, you know, that's right. So. You said correct representation matters to reconciliation. And so being able to correctly represent correct. Christ to other people is actually what's going to, to make the difference. And you have to know Christ yeah. at yes. that point. Yeah. I was, as I was listening to you guys, I was just reminded, I was thinking about Romans chapter 12 when Paul says, um, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about, you know, Derek, you're talking about being a listener. And I think it's, you know, your, your whole, the whole conversation on Sunday morning was about representing yourself or representing Christ. And how often I go into a conversation, you know, I know I'm having lunch with a friend or somebody and I'm like, yes, this is my chance to kind of dump everything I've got going on on them. Mm-hmm. But the posture of Christ is actually to say like, no, I'm going in there ready to receive whatever they need me to carry for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the hope is that, you know, in within Christian community that we both show up with that same posture. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that posture of just trying to honor, you know, everybody around you, self-sacrifice for them, uh, be the listening ear, as you said. And I think, I think practically, um, man, that's huge. Cause I don't think, I think we do even in Christian community, we go into conversations ready to see what we can receive more than what we can offer to somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so good. I was just thinking about how, um, you know, we've talked about brotherly love and just the love within the body, and it doesn't come from us because that's just our fallen nature yeah. is, is always right. going to be self-focused. And yeah. I was talking to Jeremy the other day, my husband, about um, I was doing some study at the time I was going to be a gymboree play and music teacher. And I was learning about infants. That's so fun. That's I know. Awesome. <laughs> um, and so I was learning about infants in order to, to serve in this class and to work in this, this role. And, uh, and I learned that infants in their first few months of life, their whole world is right here at the end of their nose. And so I think that's where we get that phrase. They can't see past the end of their nose. So everything they need, all of their love, their focus, their food comes to their face. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that's how humanity is. We are so self-focused yeah. until we have the spirit of, of Christ in us yeah. that turns us outward mm-hmm. to the family. And that's, that's truly the reason we love the body. That's the reason we are listeners. That's the reason we bear each other's burdens yeah. 
is because the Spirit of Christ is working in us. And like you said, Romans 12, changing our mind mm -hmm. to be like that of Christ. Yeah. So. So kind of going off of that, because the whole idea of this is, is that if, if, if you're self-focused, if you're representing yourself, Derek, one of the things you said was that that, is, that carries a message of war. Yeah. And if you are representing Christ, that you're bringing a message of peace. I, f I felt like that was a bold mm -hmm. statement. Uh, I know. I agree. In the moment, I was yeah. like, okay, let's hear this. Yeah. <laughs> could, you, could you just unpack for us what is the message of war that comes with a self-focused, can't see past the end of your nose kind of attitude. I'm, I mean, really, if if you were very self-introspective, I, I can't think of words right now. So um, if, if you're really honest with yourself, like you desire to war with others. Mm -hmm. You really do. Mm -hmm. your, your core nature is to be right, to show them up, to show that you're better. And so when you really strip it down, it's a mirror of our relationship with God before Christ. Oh. We're you know? hostile to We're God. We're hostile to God yeah. by just being ourselves because our sinful nature is just so fallen that we're warring with God. And that's why I said you can't be reconciled to others if you're not reconciled to God first. Yeah. So if you're warring with God, you're you're going to war with others. Yeah. yeah. It was bold. I liked it. I like when you just get a little bit like right there in the, yeah. the faces of of the people and and you did and yeah. i mean we we need to hear that we need to be convicted of what sin does to us before before reconciliation happened like well, we need to know what were we before and we i were think it's and it's good to rem remind ourselves what christ is working out inside of us too yes. i think that's mm -hmm. like it's a i think once we're in christ we know that we're at battle with the spirit and the flesh and so we we have this internal war going on mm -hmm. but we kind of since we know we've moved past the point of being you know reconciled to god through jesus we forget that our at our core we're still drawn towards thinking about ourselves. Mm. So we even at times I think we rationalize the way that we represent ourselves as like, oh no, this is this is holy. This is what God's doing inside of me. And it is true. Like you're probably representing Christ better than you were, mm -hmm. but you forget what at your core where you're coming from, what God's gonna be working out inside of you until the day you die. It's almost like there's yeah. this daily reconciliation needed, yeah. you know, as you grow Absolutely. In, in in your love for Christ and your love for others Absolutely. as a result of that. And that's what we, uh, you know, Paul's urging, you know, be reconciled to God because mm -hmm. they were just not living the life that Christ had called them to, yeah. you know, that Paul had urged them and taught them. Let's unpack that a little bit because this seems like an interesting command to give to Christians. Yeah. And, and you touched on like, this a little bit. It's like... Because shouldn't you already be reconciled to God? And but yet, then he's saying, be reconciled. So, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, we're not complete, fully reconciled with God until we're with him in eternity. Yeah. Period. And so up until that point, it is a process. Well, like we are and we aren't. Right. Yeah. Because you kind of see this both and yes. in scripture. Like, yeah. yes, you are completely justified. You are seated in the heavenly places. Yeah. You are, you know, all of these things. Oh, but yeah. you're also in the midst of this sanctification process. Right. Yeah. I, I just think it's a, it's the subversive language kind of of the kingdom. Even this idea of being an ambassador, it's... It's just because, you know, you exist in a society for us where we're Americans. And so, you know, if we go to another country, we naturally, you know, bear this kind of identity as an American. But then also as Christians, we bear this identity of Christ, which is greater. And so Paul's kind of introducing to them, um, which, which they would have understood this somewhat, mm -hmm. because, again, they're a part. Some of them, you know, if you were Jewish, you were part of the Jewish nation, but you might exist, you know, in a context like Corinth. 
And so they understood this idea, but what he's saying is like, no, no, now you are an ambassador for Christ. So everywhere you go, you represent what Christ has done. And so it's this picture of like, while you exist in a world, <laughs> this reality that has nations and kingdoms yeah. and things, and there's rules and there's people you represent, what you truly represent as you go is Christ. Um, and so I think it's it's kind of introducing that idea of like the kingdom within the kingdom that's ultimately greater because one day that will be the only kingdom that reigns. So I was, I was doing a little bit of like brush up on the doctrine of justification this morning, Mm -hmm. just, um, listening to a podcast by Michael Horton and, um, and, and I was trying to understand what the Roman Catholic church thought of justification and then what happened after the reformation, Mm -hmm. um, that perhaps tell me if I'm, getting this right, the, the Roman Catholics were saying that, um, that we were not justified at once, like as a one-time occurrence or they, and they were saying that there was more to be done. Like, I know this is a side conversation. You can totally. No, I think that's good. Um, because it helps to bring out what we, what we believe as Protestants in, in a lot of ways as in, in response to that. So, um, so my understanding is that the Roman Catholic Church believed then and still believes today that um, you are justified initially through baptism, okay. but you maintain that justification through um, good works through the sacraments. So that's right. okay. that's communion. Um, so there's an and, upkeep to it. Yeah, and you have and you have to do confession, okay. penance, all that sort of stuff. So how would you say that Paul is differing from that here, where he's telling Christians to be reconciled to, to God? Be reconciled. Is That's it a the one-time justification, or is it like is he speaking to people who are claiming to be believers and are not yet regenerate, or are we mm-hmm. looking at people who need to? I mean, I think I think Paul's borrowing the language of status, um, especially when he's writing to these these churches that are kind of more a part of like Roman provenances that, that this idea is that there's a status that's been placed on you, which would be reconciled. Okay. But there's also this, um, with upholding, like within this culture of honor, um, the status that's been placed on you. So Paul's saying like, you've already been given this identity. You've been, you've already been made reconciled mm-hmm. now live reconciled. Right. If mm-hmm. that makes mm-hmm. sense. So yes, I don't think it's, I don't think, I think the language when you kind of understand that context of um, these people would be a part of a family, they'd be a part of something, they'd have a name, which meant different things in their society. Now he's saying, this is what God's done. Now, this is who you are. Why would you live like something outside of that? Okay. So be You're saying be just who a living out of the status of Yeah, it's like, it's like be who you are. It's already been placed on you. Well, in, okay. in, in, in maybe broader theological terms, we're talking about the difference between justification and sanctification. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like, in essence, the living out of who you are is part of our sanctification, yeah. right? One of the critiques of the Roman Catholic Church is that they've conflated... Uh, justification and sanctification yes. into one thing. Okay. And and where Protestants are saying those are two separate things. Um, and, and so that's one of the differences. That's helpful that language. Okay, yeah. good. Well, every, every now and then you got weird questions that you just got to hash out. You, you... Oh, it's good. There's there's <laughs> like three people out there that are like, oh, I needed to hear that today. Okay. So <laughs> Let's go into this call for an exchange. Man, uh, this was probably 
my favorite part of the whole <laughs> of the whole message because it got very it got very real and practical, gospel centered, but then but then on the ground as well. Um, so looking at verse twenty one again, it, this verse. And admittedly, in the ESV, it's clunky. Yeah. Uh, every time, both, yeah, if both you today, don't read it in like a right cadence, like mid yes. said, like it, you just trip over it. Yeah. Absolutely. Every time. But let's read it again. It says, "It says for our sake, He, meaning God, made Him, meaning Christ, to be sin." That's so. Is for our sake, He made Him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at this too, there's kind of a parallelism that's happening as well. Um, so so you could sort of parallel the first half of it with the second half of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for our sake, parallels with in him. Um, he made him, so like God is making Christ to be sin, where God is w- making us, we might become the righteousness of God in Christ, right? Yep. Um, and so you have this parallel that's going on in this exchange that's taking place, and that's the heart of the gospel. Um, at the end of the day, uh, it's an incredible. Pa- I mean, this is a memorizing type of passage. You got to memorize this one. This yeah. is good. <laughs> yeah. um, but at the end of the day, too, and I, I love that you pointed this out. God did this for us. Therefore, as we are ambassadors, we should be doing this for others. So within what do we exchange? It demands an exchange that we're giving something to someone else, and it's usually going to be unjust. It's going to or un- unfair to us. Yeah, right? it's it. Yeah, I probably didn't drive this part home as well because we said the message is that God went first mm-hmm. in this whole thing, which is unheard of, right? He's the one that was offended. We we did the wronging, so we should be initiating reconciliation with him, but he went first. And so it's, you know, I said like we're called to exchange something, something that doesn't seem to be fair. Well, it's not just in the exchange. It's also in the process, Mm, you know, and I didn't really, I didn't isolate that. Like maybe you need to go first. Yeah. In that reconciliation, in that reconciliation with someone, not just maybe you need to exchange forgiveness for hurt or, you know, things like that. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. It was interesting. A few years ago, I was, um, not at this church, but at a previous church, I was part of a small group where. Um, Wait, a few. You've been here nine years. Okay, so a, a long time ago. Okay, uh, <laughs> but when I was a mere child, <laughs> I'm older than I look. Okay, so uh, so yeah, at this small group, what, there was a, a couple in our small group who came from a, a different church, who that church was teaching that you don't go first. That church was teaching that when you uh, when it comes to reconciliation. You have to wait for that person to come to you and ask for forgiveness before you can forgive them. And I was like, "Wow, nothing gets done." I was like, "What? <laughs> Never?" Like, like how? Like church, yeah. How does that work? And it, it's yeah, it's a Mexican standoff, right? I would just think like so. Stand yeah. and just look at each other. Yeah, but at the end of the day, that's that's unChrist-like. Yes. At, yeah. the, at the end of the day, it's it's um, where where Christ did initiate the reconciliation process. Yeah, it is up to us. To reconciliate, to to initiate that reconciliation process right. as well, yeah. So, let's talk about some of the some of the examples that you gave. Um, I mean, you gave some some broader examples like giving forgiveness for hurt, giving love for abandonment, giving gentleness for hostility, uh, giving encouragement for hopelessness. Right? Yeah. What does that look like 
than for for us on a ground level. And and I I would even even ask you guys, have you guys experienced that yourself? Has has someone done that for you, or have you done that for someone else? I would yes. I, I used this example a few sermons ago. Uh, the uh, former um, brother-in-law of my sister, who just said, I, I don't love you anymore. I don't want you. Hmm. You know, you can basically have the kids. I just want to see them, you know, one time a year. Um, I struggle with that because mm-hmm. I saw the hurt in my sister. And she's my sister, you know. I only have one sister. And, um, I mean, I struggled. I, I just thought, like, man, it would be great to just buy an airplane ticket, show up on the dude's front door, and, you know, <laughs> hash it out, whatever hash it out means, right? <laughs> And, um, and when, when I listened to that one song from beautiful eulogy that just talks about the mercy of God, Mm. um, and just understanding what Christ did through that, it really convicted me that, so I'm carrying, I'm carrying this action, this want of hostility towards the man, you know, uh, who hurt my sister and really, um, Christ showed forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You know, he's hanging on the cross saying, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow. Yeah. I, I think that's the hesitation in answering your question is because well, it's like while I've experienced that from people and while I've done that with people, I could give you probably a longer list of situations where I need to represent that. And I think that's yeah. that's the difficulty in it is yeah. that. And it's not a, I think the tendency after this sermon is even at our best, like we may think, okay, I'm going to go call that person this week. (laughs) And, but our hope is that like in that one conversation, everything's fixed. And the reality is that like, that's, that's just not how it may go. I mean, I hope it goes that way for you, but this may be a life of representing Christ to somebody that's not going to receive your love, um, that might turn their back on you. Um, and yet it's what we're called to. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think like that's that if we leave it in there, that's what the hesitation is. Cause it's like, man, I can give you a long list of like yep. situations where I'm trying to do that and it's not going well or times where I've not represented Christ and I've represented myself. And, yeah. um, it's a, it's a difficult, yeah, it's a difficult, it's just a difficult road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And at the, at the end of the day, it, it I mean, it, it hurts the other person obviously, but it also hurts yourself yeah. to not, to not work through that. Um, it impacts your own heart. Mm-hmm. And whenever you're around that person or you see their names pop up on Facebook or whatever it is, you're just kind of like, I want to scroll past them. Yeah. Um, so it's affecting you uh, at, at the end yeah. of the day. It's like, why would you not want that reconciliation? Why That's would... why you just got to anchor yourself to Christ as your joy, even in the midst of that. Like, yeah. I was, right, because I was listening... that person could, uh, could totally yeah. spit in your face, mm-hmm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if you were the one that did the wrong um, and you're going back to that person finally. Right. Um, they could just say no. But if, if you're reconciled with God and knowing that in your heart that, you know, you are now living out the Christ-like example, then, you know, there's a little... There's more peace in that process than if you were to just fester in it and right. continue mm-hmm. to see that name every time. Yeah. I think, too, being rejected when trying to reconcile kind of parallels the sufferings of Christ, Christ. in that yep. in that sense. Yeah. You know, so you can, you can uh, as James says, count that as joy mm-hmm. at that point that, that you get to share in those sufferings. And there's growth that could happen from that in your life as well. 
Yeah, and I don't, I don't think it would be too much to say that, like, Scripture represents that that's more likely what's going to happen than <laughs> their, your relationships reconciled. Yeah. But yet that's what we're called to. Yeah. So, yeah. You guys, it just reminded me of, you know, how you never, I, I have trouble remembering where things are in the Scriptures. So I have this, like, passage in my head, sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Mm. You, it's located in chapter 6 in the next in the chapter. next chapter, yes, <laughs> nice. yes. That I mean, I have a, uh, um, I guess a an acquaintance that signs his emails that way, sorrowful yet always rejoicing. Yeah. And then oh, for the longest time, I was one. like, "What a weird way to end your <laughs> your emails." <laughs> and then I just like sat in it for a while and realized that that is the life of of being unified to Christ is that we are sorrowful in the fallen state, yet always rejoicing that. It is finished. Yeah. And that it yeah. is made new. That's yeah. good. Yeah. One thing I'm going to mention too is we're going to get that song that you mentioned from Beautiful Eulogy, and I'm going to put that in the show notes. So, oh, okay. so we'll link to it so that people can go back and check that out. Nice. Cool. Yeah. So we'll check that out. Well, as we close today, um, let's just talk about one last thing. At the end, you kind of summed everything up with this idea of choosing a response. Um, and this response, this is kind of this final point is actually sort of a summarization of all of the other four points, Correct. right? Like, yeah, like, yeah. like at the end of the day, what, what it seems like what you were asking was just you, you have a choice to make with all four of these things, yeah. you know, uh, when it comes because to how you choose to respond will confirm yeah. who you represent, what message you carry. It's good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What you're willing to exchange and you know how you're willing to live. Right. Right. Um, the challenge in that is that, we don't always want to do this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we don't always want to do these things. Yeah. Um, and this is, I mean, I, I want to ask everybody, but like what helps us to then lay down our life in this way and choose this exchange and choose these actions and the message and, and to center our, our, our lives around Christ? Mm -hmm. What helps you to do that? I, I have to believe that if God um, calls me through it, through Scripture, even Paul's writing to the church in Corinth, that it's for um, it's for my joy, that it's where peace lies. Right. Um, yeah. And so I have to while while I while I recognize the difficulty in it, um, I I have to I have to know that that if God's calling me to it, even if it like means earthly pains and hurt, that there's joy there because um, God God loves me as His creation and He's calling me to that. So yeah. that that's the fulfilling life in Christ. Um, if I can, if when I can understand that, um, that that helps me walk um, in in that posture. Mm -hmm. um, that if this is what God's called us to, and and I've seen that time and time again, and in just really hard things <laughs> where it's like I don't want to do it at all, but I go, no, I think you know, either through through prayer, confirmed by the Word, through other counsel, that like, yeah, that's actually the way that God's calling me to do this, but this path would be a lot easier. Um, that the spirit works and, you know, God meets me there with peace and God meets me there in my hurts and my pains. And yeah. so, yeah, I think, I think understanding that, um, that, that, that he's calling me to this for a purpose mm -hmm. that, that helps me represent Christ when my leaning would be like, mm, it's a lot easier not to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think for me, it's, it's, Remembering in a shameful VBS plug, right? We talked about God being a faithful promise keeper, but it's absolutely true. All the promises in the Bible that he's made to us, he upholds and keeps. Um, and the beautiful promise 
is in verse 21 that in Christ, you know, we become the righteousness of God. And so understanding that when we are in Christ, that's such a beautiful uh, promise mm-hmm. because it's like it's very vast. You look throughout Scripture and you see in Christ and there are so many promises of being in Christ. And what does that mean for us? And that just when you start to marinate and meditate on that, it kind of gets you excited. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can't not be like, I'm in Christ, man. This is exciting. Like, and so when you remind you, I guess to answer you simply is get in the word of God, (laughs) you you know, but but, we aren't about that here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I mean, go through scripture and every time you see in Christ, unpack what, what that promise is of being in Christ means for you. And I wonder if you're unwilling, you know, to walk this path of reconciliation or whatever it may be in your life are, is that, is that you saying in yourself that you're not willing to hand this over to God? Mm-hmm. Like you're not trusting him with it. Yep. Um, this is where I'm going to say one of the things on the podcast. I'd never say in a sermon cause I don't want to endorse certain things, but I'm kind of picked back up Ted Lasso. I don't know if anybody watches oh, Ted yeah, Lasso, yeah. but yeah. there's some things bad about the show. There's some interesting things, but Ted Lasso has panic attacks that happen in earlier in one of the episodes. And then there becomes a point where it's written in the newspaper about his panic attacks and there's this, you, and I'm not, I've only just seen one episode past this, but you start to see this, like, now that it's out there, like, it's out of his hands. It's not his thing to hold anymore. It's not his, th- his thing to protect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The world knows about it. And you begin to see people that he interacts with start to say, like, even though they might give him a little bit of, like, crap for it, they'll then also be like, hey, man, like, just do your job. You know, we're, like, we're here for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there's, I think even a million times greater than that poor example I think when we release these things over to God, saying that we're even going to walk faithfully in them, we're, we're trusting God with it. You know, we're saying, here you go. <laughs> like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do what I think you've called me to. And maybe when we don't, um, we've not yet released that thing to God. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, I can't, I'm not God, so I can't put that on you. But I just, I have to ask myself that question, is if I'm unwilling to release it, then maybe I'm not trusting that God can carry it. I'm thinking I need to protect it from God, which is ridiculous. <laughs> I was just thinking that the 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 spirit of hostility that we have naturally in our flesh, um, if we're going to have that, why not turn it toward the enemy? Yeah. You know, like why not use that for good? Because God is all about redemption. And if we're going to have a spirit of hostility, let it not be toward others and let it not be toward... Um, toward God, let it be toward the enemy. And, um, and I think that anything that has power is typically in the dark. And so if we can bring those situations to light, like you're saying, to, yeah. they lose power completely um, because it's, it's, it's bared for all to see and, um, and, and the sin can just be dealt with um, mm. and reconciled and redeemed. And, and, uh, and God is a, is a God of, of, fixing things, uh, broken things. And that's so good. Yeah. That's a good message for us. That's awesome. Well guys, Hey, thanks so much for chatting about this today. Uh, great job, Derek. 
this last weekend. Appreciate you. And it was pre- fun, man. Yeah, appreciate mm-hmm. all that you brought to us this week. Um, well, this next week, we're going to be jumping into a new series that's called Truth Over Trend. Uh, we're going to be, it's a five-week series, if I remember right, and kind of working through a bunch of different topics that are kind of surrounding our culture today and being people of the truth is kind of the idea with yeah. this. And so um, so we're going to dive into that next week. Uh, Pastor Scott is back up this week, right? So yes. he's uh, he'll be back up there, uh, Lord willing. And so um, anyway, uh, we're looking forward to that. I uh, hope you guys have a great week and uh, we'll see you all next time on the Sunday Recap. Bye, guys. Bye.